Tunicare is a home blood pressure monitor designed with the end user in mind. And it's a clamp style design and it makes it incredibly easy to apply correctly just using one hand. It'll be the first device of its kind with the potential to completely eliminate this 33% this pre-analytical error. And this is something that our, uh, our recent clinical trial uh, has suggested. Uh, that will result in um, better diagnosis, uh, monitoring, and ultimately uh, better treatment. Hello and welcome to the MTP Connect podcast. I'm Shannon Osrin. Australia has a load of exciting and emerging startups in the medtech, biotech, and pharma sector that are all working to solve health challenges. Today, I'm going to talk to two Australian startups who are involved in the Australian Technology Competition in 2019, an event that MTB Connect have sponsored for the last four years. I'm joined by 2019 finalist for the MedTech and Pharma Award, Navi Medical Technologies co-founder and co-CFO, Brad Bergman, and the winner of the award, Tonica's co-founder and CEO, Niels van Sparentak. Welcome to you both. Thanks for coming on. Good to be here. Nice to be here, Shannon. So, Brad, I'll start with you. Can you tell our listeners about Navi? Okay, well, Navi is a medical device company um, that's developing um, a medical device for central line catheter placement. So, central line catheters are these thin plastic tubes that clinicians use to deliver drugs, nutrients, and fluids. And we're developing a device specifically for newborn and pediatric patients um, that allows doctors to have real time of where the catheter is during the insertion procedure, uh, as well as give information about where the catheter location is after the procedure has, has already taken place. Why did you decide to be involved in that area? What, was there a specific um, experience, personal experience that that you and your co-founders were involved with? Yeah, so it's, it's actually a really interesting story. So my background, I guess, is in commerce and science, my university background, um, but I ended up going a commerce route and I did an MBA several years ago. And part of that MBA, there was a course called the Biodesign and Innovation Program, which was, I guess, an offshoot of a Stanford University program. And the idea is getting together a multidisciplinary team, so MBAs, biomedical engineers and clinicians, getting everybody together and observe clinical needs or problems that, that exist and then try to come up with a commercial solution to that problem. So that's actually where the genesis of Navi began. That was back in 2016. Myself and two others, we were the MBAs um, and then we partnered up with two biomedical engineer um, students as well as a, a senior neonatologist uh, who works at the Royal Women's, and through our observations and engagement with her and other clinicians, uh, we saw that there was an issue with correctly placing catheter lines in critically ill newborns. There was actually a high misplacement rate of about 40%. So we saw there was a very clear clinical need, um, and that's how um, the Neonab, our medical device, was born. Wow, that's a, that's a really interesting story. I'll, I'll throw it to you, Niels. Tornicare is also a young startup as well. Can you tell us about how Tornicare came about? Tornicare started actually a, a little while back uh, when I was st still working in radiology, and it started as an uh, alternative for uh, reusable tunicates in, in hospitals. 
and uh, they get quite dirty. And uh, my co-founder, Dr. Ron White, and I, we had a good look at the um, vascular anatomy of the upper arm, and we thought we can do something better and more hygienic, um, essentially. And um, in, uh, eventually, we developed this uh, prototype that uh, that was functional, and uh, we were all very happy and excited. And yeah, we thought, look, everybody will want this. And that was until we had a good look at the market, which showed that the tunicate market was quite saturated and there were low profit margins. So um, we had to pivot. So the lesson here was do your market research uh, first. And then we pivoted uh, towards home blood pressure monitoring uh, where we solve a, um, a real need or, or problem. So you both met at the, as I said, the, the 2019 Australian Technology Competition. How was that experience? So Niels and I actually go back further than, than the, the Australian Technology Competition. We did an um, accelerator program together called the Actuator, which is a really great program that kind of got us from, it, it's designed to get you from seed to series A. So you get these, it's like a mentorship program where they kind of put you in contact with financing partners as well as industry partners um, and help you get through to, to your, your funding goals. Uh, and that's kind of I guess what prepared us for the, the ATC as well. Uh, it put us in a really good position um, to be involved with that, that competition. So being involved in the accelerator program, would you say that that helped you both in terms of applying to the Australian technology competition? Definitely. Uh, it, it provided us with, it, it's essentially accelerated our product development. So it put us in touch with very, core industry partners which we are still working with today. It's put us in, in contact with our key funding partner um, and also helped us develop a robust business model and business plan which we use to, to I guess, apply and, and successfully get to the finals of the, of the ATC. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, the great thing about the actuator is that they provide a commercialization roadmap where uh, you have to hit certain milestones that add value, but also unlock funding at the same time. And funding is always great for a for a startup. And uh, that, in turn, makes you uh, more investable, essentially. Uh, Niels, with the process of the ATC last year, how did, how did you think you fared against, against other startups? Look, all these startups I met uh, were of great quality, and it was fantastic uh, meeting them. Look, in the end, it came down to the judges uh, to decide who won. But uh, I've known Navi for uh, for a long time. They're a very good quality uh, company. And uh, I think maybe we had a slight advantage uh, in um, in our uh, IP maturity or something like that. I'm not I'm not quite sure. But, uh, yeah, no, all, all startups were very competitive. And, uh, and like us, I think they've taken a lot of value out of the uh, Australian technology competition. Yeah, I think from... From our standpoint, being uh, medical device companies, one key difference I feel was um, we're pre-revenue. So our our timeline from a, developing a product to getting a product into the market is you know, several years, five, seven years at a time. So uh, a lot of the startups that were involved in the competition were earning money, um, where for us, we're, we're pre-revenue. So um, it was a really good insight just to see market entry strategies and challenges that these companies who are now um, revenue generating companies have faced and learning from them. You made it so far though, so there must have been something that was working, Brad. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I, I think 
it's the technology is a, it's an, quite an impressive technology. It's a it's a really significant need as well, and we've got a really good team and a really good business plan. So yeah, the 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 judges must have seen seen and, and shared our our optimism, I guess. <laughs> That's great. So you've both had a very long journey towards developing your startups. Do you have any advice for people who are looking to start their own companies? What I've learned uh, through experience is that uh, do your research first. <laughs> and mm. uh, once you've done your research, you now be confident in yourself, but uh, don't try to do it yourself. And that is where um, initiatives like the Australian Technology Competition can be, uh, can be very helpful. Yeah, I'd like to add to what Funils is saying is that your team is really important. Um, I'd say it's the most important factor of success or our success to date. So if you are going to, to start up a company, find the right people who share the right value and goals and, and ambition as well. Great. Uh, I'll throw it back to the the competition. So when you made these all these important industry connections, did it help you to gain further seed funding to continue working on your devices? Yes, definitely. Um, part of the competition uh, involved submitting a, a business plan, uh, which was then taken by industry experts. And um, then you received feedback from those experts and um, they essentially poke holes in your, in your business plan, which is a good thing. Uh, because this is exactly what investors do as well. Uh, so it, it makes you prepared for when you do go and face um, investors. One of the one of the, the benefits of going through the the competition is you get to meet a lot of uh, investors, so institutional investors or uh, VCs. So we've got a lot of contacts. We've made a lot of contacts through the experience. And um, when we start our Series A round later in the year. Yeah, we'll definitely be engaging them and hopefully we'll, we'll be able to find some funding partners through through those connections. Speaking of funding, Brad, you just recently received the Accelerating Commercialization Grant last year, is that right? Yeah, that's right, end of last year. It's a, it's a really great achievement, um, something that we're really proud of. Uh, a few of the guys worked really hard to get that grant over the line um, and it's incredible validation yeah, really, for what we're what we're doing. So the accelerating commercialization grant is a federal grant that um, goes under quite a significant amount of due diligence uh, by industry experts and an industry panel in order to um, provide matched funding. So we were we were fortunate enough to be successful, and we got a four hundred thousand, just under four hundred thousand dollar grant, which we're now applying to um, you know accelerate our the commercialization of our product. Niels, have you received any additional funding since the competition last year? Yeah, I closed a, a bridging round uh, in uh, in December, um, partly aided by the competition, which is which is fantastic. And um, yeah, this allowed us to start working on our beta prototype and um, partner up with uh, with Planet Innovation, who are a very highly regarded uh, product medical device product developer um, in Melbourne and. Um, the beta prototype will be our next major milestone, and after that, the aim is to um, to set up a manufacturing plant, you know, transfer to manufacturing locally, set up a cell at uh, Planet Innovations 
facility in in Box Hill, which would be great because um, we'd like to keep the manufacturing um, local to to control it in first instance, but also hopefully contribute to um, you know to new employment and um, the economy you know post uh, the COVID pandemic. Yeah, and it's a it's a great point to bring up the current situation right now. Brad, uh, with the, I guess, sensitivity around your devices, how has COVID-19 impacted the way that you go about developing your medical device? So I guess the, the initial impact would be the impact on clinical studies in the future. So because of what's going on, there's um, very strict controls over hospitals so visitations to hospitals as well as studies are being conducted and rightly so because uh, you know the pandemic is is quite serious and we need um, a healthcare system to be as um, efficient and as productive as possible so there's uh, possible delays that will will happen as a result of that additionally i guess like any kind of economic contraction funding in the future could pose it'll be a little bit more challenging than prior to the to the pandemic as well with uh, with that, with saying that, uh, Niels, is, has that also impacted your uh, development of your blood pressure monitoring device? Not yet, uh, Shannon. We were lucky to uh, to complete uh, the round in the December, the funding round, and also complete a uh, clinical trial of um, eighty nine participants um, in January, just before the COVID crisis started. So uh, timing was was good uh, and kind for us. And uh, this means we have a, we have a runway uh, where we can develop our uh, our beta prototype. But look, the longer the COVID crisis continues, the more um, it will influence our developments. I would say, especially in terms of fundraising, but also uh, you know availability of certain parks, etc., for your device. Yeah, that's that's also a major thing to think about. Is the, the length of this uh, pandemic is the pressure is taking on startups all over Australia. You, you, you both obviously have plans to go global. So how, how would your products be able to kind of address the, the gap in, in healthcare overseas? The current form of confirming or identifying the catheter location inside a patient is using x-rays and estimating the length before the procedure starts. And this is the same way they've been doing the procedure for 50 years. So with our device, it will provide clinicians with real-time feedback. So we'll be able to know where that catheter is during that initial insertion procedure, um, which essentially will save a lot of clinical frustration of having to repeat the procedure over and over again if it's in the wrong position. It will also smooth out operations in that they can position the catheter and then move on with administering drugs and treatment. And um, it could also be a potential cost saver to hospitals down the line by just being a, a lot more efficient way of, of inserting catheters. And this is a global problem as well. Yeah, that's, that's correct because babies are born all over the world. Exactly. Babies are born all over the world. And uh, unfortunately, um, there are premature babies or, or critically ill babies that are born and they, they, they need this procedure performed and, and we're just offering a, a more efficient, easier uh, solution that, that's currently out there. Mm. Niels, what is the gap that uh, Tonicare would fill? 
Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll elaborate a little bit uh, about what our, our device uh, really does and what it's good in. So hypertension is, is the biggest risk factor uh, for the biggest global killer, which is cardiovascular disease. And one in three adult Australians suffer from hypertension. In the US, for example, this number is even higher. It's 46 of adults suffer from hypertension there. Um, now, the good news is that hypertension can be treated in most, but it does require accurate diagnosis and uh, monitoring. And this is where uh, the problem lies, because I'm sure most of the listeners will be familiar with the, the flimsy cuff that goes around your arm. Now, one in three have difficulty using this cuff, and uh, there should be should not be surprising uh, because this cuff was designed over a century ago to be applied uh, by someone else using two hands in a professional setting. And it was not designed to be applied by a home user just by themselves at home. And it turns out that 33% of people at home make mistakes using this conventional cuff. And this is a big problem because it leads to people taking medication uh, when they don't need to, or worse, it leads to people missing out on, uh, on life-saving treatment. And this is why we are developing Tunicare. Um, Tunicare is designed, is it a home blood pressure monitor designed with the end user in mind. And it's a clamp style design, and it makes it incredibly easy to apply correctly just using one hand. It'll be the first device of its kind with the potential to completely eliminate this 33% this pre-analytical error. And this is something that our, uh, our recent clinical trial uh, has suggested uh, that will result in um, better diagnosis, uh, monitoring, and ultimately uh, better treatment. And that's what we, uh, we aim for. And uh, of course, with the current uh, pandemic, you know, home blood pressure monitoring is on the rise. Uh, telemedicine is on the rise. And um, of course, it's great that you can now speak with a consultant who is uh, potentially a thousand kilometers away. But you also need devices that uh, that patients can use on the other side of the line, which are easy to use uh, for people without uh, medical training. And that's, I think, where we can fill um, a gap as well. So, Niels, do you expect that your device will be available in, say, pharmacies or GPs or, or something like that? Yeah, pharmacies, uh, possibly through GPs. We, we intend to... Uh, once, once we commercialize or, or go to market, we will mobilize our, our vast clinician network and help uh, key opinion leaders to push our product out to the people who need it. Uh, but like you said, also pharmacies, um, online sales, many people buy online nowadays. But uh, yeah, we expect pharmacies uh, to, be, um, to have the biggest market uh, to sell most of the devices, essentially. I'll take it back to uh, the Australian Technology Competition. So when you both entered, did you have any idea of what you guys were getting into? Uh, yes and no, I guess. We, we've been involved with a few, I guess, competitions and, and accelerator type programs. So the format was somewhat familiar. I think what was unique for us is that uh, we were just uh, involved with such a broad spectrum of different startups and technology, not just in the health space. So that was quite uh, a novel experience for me personally, was just to get to know just so many different technologies and business models and, and just learn so much from, from other, other um, competitors or other startups in a competition. 
Yeah, a bit like Brett. Um, yes and, and no in terms of uh, expectations. Uh, we knew there was a competitive process and we likely would have to pitch uh, once we get uh, further into the competition. But um, didn't quite know what value it would add to our, our company, uh, essentially. But uh, yeah, we were pleasantly surprised that the, the program was, was really good, good quality. And I think it was relevant for, um, for all industries there. And would you both encourage other companies to apply for the competition? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, no, I truly believe the competition can be valuable for, uh, for any startup in any sort of stage they're at. Yeah, I agree with, with Niels. You'll learn a lot. You'll meet a lot of interesting people and without doubt, some very valuable relationships that will help you down the road. Well, thank you both for joining me on this uh, virtual chat, um, talking about the, your experience in the Australian Technology Competition. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Shannon. It was great talking to you and nice talking to you again, Brad, as well. You too, Niels. Always a pleasure, mate. Thanks to Brad and Niels for joining me today. You can find out more about their startups by visiting their websites. For our listeners, entries to the Australian Technology Competition are now open and they close the 8th of May, 2020. This is the MTP Connect podcast. Thanks for listening. You can find our podcast on all your podcast platforms. So please rate, review and subscribe. Until next time.